Welcome to Let's Be Frank with Eric Reese. Topics we want to talk about and topics we don't want to talk about revolving around college. Welcome back to Let's Be Frank. This is Eric Reese. And today I have uh, here Elizabeth Miramontes. Uh, she's uh, works with me over here and works uh, specifically with international students. Uh, and today we're going to go last week. We uh, was it a week ago? Last week we uh, we talked about uh, first gen families, first gen parents, how to help them and those people. And we talked to those people that work with first gen students. Uh, today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the first gen students. What exactly that means? Who, um, what they should be considering, and and basically um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about why um, sometimes students, first gen students, they, they may not think that college is an option for them, uh, just because they may not have any any of those particular role models, uh, things like that. But uh, but we want to be able to make sure that they know that there is options for them. So, um, Elizabeth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I think you're a first-gen student as, or was, you're old now. <laughs> uh, you're a first-gen person. I'm not old. <laughs> um, I'm just wiser. Okay? Um, so I grew up in Cicero, Illinois, uh, first-generation student, uh, or student, Hi. Right. See? <laughs> oh, I feel really young. No, no, no. You graduated a long time ago. Um, and I graduated from St. Francis in 2013, studied criminal and social justice, politics and law, minor in Spanish. And then 2017, I graduated with my master's in higher education. Um, I was the first in my family, in my immediate family, to you know get a degree. Uh, I wasn't the first to go to college, but I was the first one to to complete. And then my siblings came after me, um, so that was that. She was just like trying to beat me, you know, like who's gonna get there first? <laughs> um, but I made it first. <laughs> um, so you but mentioned that's a little story about you, me. Yeah. You mentioned extend uh, in your immediate family. Yeah. So it's it's funny because in our culture. Um, and and so we're both latinos right mexican yeah. and uh and in our culture we tend to we tend to work or think about our immediate family and then our extended family right right because yeah. like i have like 72 cousins and i'm yeah. like i was the first of my cousins where were yeah. you on that one i don't know <laughs> i have too many cousins <laughs> i to be frank <laughs> I think my grandmother had like over a hundred nietos or um, uh, which are like grandchildren. So it's kind of hard to tell that. That's why I say like just my immediate family, you know, my siblings. I was I was the first one because uh, my extended. I have no idea. Um, there could have been, you know. Um, so you obviously didn't talk to them when it came to college, things like that. Like like when you're looking for help and mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So so when it comes to first gen. I noticed that that's pretty common, that they are not necessarily asking for too much help from their family members and things like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's because they're not helpful? Why, why aren't they asking for help? I can tell you from my experience that it was 
because they were already dealing with a lot and you know I was dealing with a lot and trying to navigate <clears throat> that that system by myself it to me it felt like I was being a burden and I I remember having those discussions with with my siblings like I don't want to be a burden I don't want to be a burden but I think that that's that's also something and I don't know if it's something that you know it's cultural um it might be you know, from about the family, like how, how it is, how that system is. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I did my best to ask those questions. Um, but even my dad would say, like, you were, you were the rarity, like you, you asked too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still do, like, I still, I still ask. And even my mom's like, you just did whatever you wanted. And you just went for it. But I think that's the rarity and a lot of people, you know, will tell me like, I don't even know how you made it. And, I, and to be honest, I don't either because I feel like I've been just trying to figure it out and still trying to figure it out, you know. And So do you suggest <clears throat> that that first gen students like they do they go down the same path? It's like, you know what, don't even ask your parents, don't even talk to your family. Just figure it out on your own? No, of course not. You know, it's all about having that support system and, you know, having having that, that toolkit. It might not be your immediate family. It might be, you know, your counselors, your, your support system. And you have to have those key players, your mentors, right next to you trying to, you know, help you and lift you and elevate you in whatever direction that you want to go into. And it doesn't necessarily have to go into like higher education or, you know, to college. And I know Eric is probably like, no, you, you have to tell everyone that you have to go to college. No, and no, specifically that's not what I, that's not, no. To be frank. <laughs> that's what you told me and my friend. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not at all. It's uh, people have their options and things like that. What I don't want them to to think, like it's hard to to see a first gen kid in their sophomore junior year, just just say, well, I, I it's just not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah. But it's it's not because they don't want to because they don't feel like it's it's Necessary. a goal uh, to get mm -hmm. right. All I'm asking is for people to try. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, to be able to do that. Now, you know, you knew that then that, you know, you had you did what you had to do um, and, and all that. And you did it pretty much on your own. You you figured out the questions and things like that. How you know, do you think from your perspective as a student, your parents were trying to figure out, like, what is she doing? Like, is she going to be OK? Is she not going to be OK? <laughs> the reason I ask that is because, we, you know, last last time we talked about about this, we talked about, you know, parents uh, just need to figure out, just need to remember that they were once a kid, too. Mm -hmm. And they also thought that they knew more than their parents. Mm -hmm. Right. To remember what the, what it was like to be at that age. Uh, and things like that and what we try to encourage or what it, at least me <laughs> i try to encourage our students to have that conversation with their parents because parents don't know mm -hmm. so would you have talked to them a little bit more knowing what you know now would you have approached it a little differently because i'm thinking like even if you even if they didn't know how to help you not knowing together might have been felt a little better than yeah. not knowing alone. At least normalizing it. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's just like <clears throat> so many families 
they are all dealing with so many different things, you know, and we had our set of, you know, barriers, um, then compared to another family and, you know, my dad, he worked like full time, past full time, like he worked overtime and overtime and at home it was just my mom and I had, you know, siblings that had to work at a very young age. Like I'm talking about like when, yeah. when in Mexico, like they were working, you know, when they were like less than 10 years old. So like <clears throat> that to them, that's what was normal for them. And yes, you know, I guess my level of understanding was a, was very different, but, but that's because of how I grew up. They needed someone to help them. And we were just talking about it, you know, like if you go to the store, if you go to the bank, like they need you to translate, right? That level of knowledge and cultural knowledge um, that, that you have at an advantage, they don't necessarily have. And yes, it would have been nice, but at the same time, like, you know, sometimes I think the best advice that I could ever give to a student is just keep asking questions and just keep pushing and, you know, ask the why. And I know that, you know, <clears throat> that's hard with our culture, too, because asking why to an author, author, you know, authority figure is, is not, it's, it's not normal. You know, you don't ask why. You don't ask, hey, why can't I go out? Hey, why can't I have, like, go out with my friends? Or, hey, why can't I go to, you know, uh, like, the school dances? Or why can't I stay after school for extracurricular activities when other students at other schools, predominantly white institutions, like, they feel like they know that they have to do that. But my parents and my family, I had to ask that question of why can't I if, these people are doing it for that reason. Why can't I do it for that same reason? So you kind of broke, like, <clears throat> not break, but you kind of went against the grain when you started asking why. Yeah, definitely. Right? Right? Because... <laughs> I was considered it, a trouble, troublemaker. <laughs> like, you asked for that. Real. Like, you said that, and I'm looking in back of me, I was like, I would never ask why. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I was like, my parents know. My parents know best, and they, they, yeah. they you know, how many times have you ever heard that? You know, and said, yeah. well, I know how to take care of you. I know this. And then you try to go against the grain and say, well, yeah. why? And start challenging it. Well, now, we're not telling students to be like, you know, why for everything. <laughs> Defy your parents. <laughs> Don't follow what they're saying. Yeah. No, we're definitely not saying we're definitely not saying that, but you want to question it, right? Yeah. You want to question it because uh, just like any other thing, you you know, uh, if you are able to question something and it turns out to be the same answer, well now you just verified. Yeah. Right? It's stronger. It's a stronger yeah. answer. Uh, things like that. Um, at some point you have to own your life, you know? And <clears throat> my parents never ever asked or they never liked, not only when I asked why, but when I said, so why did you come to this country for? If you don't want me to do all of this and this is what other communities are doing to move up, why did you come to this country if you don't want me to take advantage of that? <clears throat> what was their answer? And I, I mean, I don't know. I ran away. I'm trying to avoid that chancla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those it's one of those things that you just kind of like, like okay, I, 
and they really don't didn't have an answer i bet they're 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 like oh well yeah but <laughs> fyi eric asked me not to swear so i'm not gonna swear <laughs> <laughs> but they're like oh well you know their face was like oh man well i mean what can i say like of course but in their mind they're just trying to you know keep me safe because yeah. i grew up in cicero and to them it was like you know, they didn't allow my siblings to dress a certain way. They didn't let them talk a certain way. They, I mean, I couldn't even say, show the peace sign because like to my dad, that was like a gang sign and, you know, <clears throat> I was sheltered. So to them, it was like they were just trying to protect me and I was just pushing against against that norm, um, in, but in the safety of my my house, you know, and, and I'm lucky that I had the support that I had and the siblings, but <clears throat> it took them like I'm what I'm the six out of seven, so it it took all that knowledge, all that all that money, all that all that work that went into like five other kids just for me to go to college. Yeah. Now think of yourself like now you're you're what? How old are you? I don't know. <laughs> So Man, you don't ask a woman that. You're, you're, <laughs> I am 30 years old. <laughs> 30 years old. You're 30 years old. Now, put that conversation into a 16, 17, 18-year-old. Mm -hmm. How can they understand this part? Because I would imagine, if you remember back to when you were that age, you're like, I, you're just saying, it's like, I don't get I'm it. I'm just doing me. I'm just doing me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just taking care of myself. I'm doing what I got to do yeah. and things like that, you know, so... So at the same, so they're trying to figure out their lives. This mm -hmm. is my favorite, my favorite thing to say to first gens. They're trying to figure out their lives. They're trying, people are asking them, you know, be safe, mm -hmm. do things to be safe. You know, they, there's, is their first child to, to consider, to finish high school or to go to college, consider college, get accepted to college, go to college, finish college. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so they so they're getting they're getting ready for that life at the same time they've been they're they're being asked you know choose what you want to do for the rest of your life so they're in school and they're like and they're like what do you want to be when you grow up you know you got to choose something apply apply for this apply for that go to scholarships do a big school small school to, to a, a safe school i'm like what's a safe school i right? didn't even know what that was until a couple years ago <laughs> when you were working yeah <laughs> right uh and all at the same time, when they're in school, in high school, they still have to ask permission to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. So the expectation for these, for these first gens, I think, is intense. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I don't know if it's gonna change. I don't see it changing. You know, changing on, on one to the other. I know last week we said, you know, guidance counselors they have to have patience with these people. They have to have parents. They have to have patience with this, and there has to be more, much more communication. But for the student, mentally, trying to go through that, like, <clears throat> how do you help somebody? How do you prepare somebody? Uh, let's say a first gen student is listening right now. Like, what do you, you know? We don't get a chance to talk to them until they're in our offices, right? Yeah. Right. Trying to they they've already decided that they are looking to go to school. Yeah. What about before then? How do we get to them? I think it's just 
going back to what I was saying is just about supporting and doing it with someone else. And it's not even necessarily, you know, doing it with someone that is going to the same college. But I mean, if that works for you, then that's awesome. But, <clears throat> you know, find find that person, find that whether it's a student group, whether it's a club organization. And I know that everything is virtual right now. So everyone is feeling the same thing and going through the same thing, you know, on top of everything else. But just finding that support student student groups and just being open to to new things is probably the best lesson that you can probably gain in life generally, you know, like the faster, the quicker you learn that you have to adjust to what life has to offer you is probably the best thing that you could ever do because things never, ever, ever go as planned. And I am and I'm the, the type of person that, you know, growing up, I was like, okay, this year I'm going to do this. Like I had everything planned out for myself and nothing went. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you weren't supposed to have a child within the first year of marriage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, no judging. No judging. <laughs> you know, and even like going to a Catholic school, like, um, you know, I grew up Catholic, but, uh, you know, I was at questioning. I was, yeah, I was questioning all the time. And, as as you are as you should be able to you know that's how you grow your faith or whatever um but you know i always try to stay as neutral as possible when it came down to school and my first school was a state school in illinois and it was just not for me it was just too big um and then i went to morton college and after that i came to st francis so um you know everyone has a different pathway and you know we all have certain things to to deal with and the quicker you figure that out and the faster we as professionals adjust to that and are ready to ask the student like what do you need how can i help you where are you at in your life yeah and the quicker a school can provide those resources because we can't wait until that student is already into their third year of college just trying to figure out how to end you know, their, their college career. Like we have to have, have all that set up before they even step onto this university. See, I think that part is what, <clears throat> what really makes them nervous though. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you have to, like they hear that stuff and it, you know, they need to do this. They need to do that, which is nice. Nice if they do have that. Right. But sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then you specifically talked about, uh, you know, think about this, think about that. And these are would be for students that are already have maybe a thought of college, mm -hmm. maybe a thought of a future. But what about the other people that they grew up, let's say in Cicero, right? And they had older siblings that didn't go to college, right? And they got caught up in maybe some some bad business uh, and all that. And, and they themselves feel, why would I even consider? Like not deserving. Because they don't feel like they deserve it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's plenty of people out there. Like, I've met students. <clears throat> I remember I yeah. remember meeting a student and his, and his dad, and we were able to make it happen. We were able to get them to go to college, and we were able to make it, help pay for it and things like that. And he was about to, he was meddling with some, some gang business and things mm -hmm. like that. He was able to, to come to St. Francis, and he was able to... Um, uh, get a scholarship for it and things like that. And when they graduated, I remember his dad coming up to me and he started tearing up and saying like, 
he put his hand on my shoulders and he was just like, I don't know how we did it, but we made it happen. He didn't think he was going to go. Yeah. He didn't think it was possible, but we were able to make it happen. Now he's graduating and I think he's working in, in business, uh, somewhere. He's probably making more money than I am, but, uh, <laughs> but you got them there, <laughs> <laughs> but I got them there and they probably forgot about me and all that stuff. Uh, but like, there's plenty of people that don't think that they are, uh, capable. That, yeah. So like, so like, how do you get to them? It's hard. I mean, it because ultimately it comes down to them. Do they want it? And do they have a purpose in life for that? You know, you can't you can't force people to do what they don't want. You can't force people to see themselves in places that they've never known. You know, people fear what they don't know and it's not going to happen like that. The best thing that we can do as, you know, as parents, uh, and I say that as a mom, uh, is just, you know, be there for them, provide them support, provide, you know, what's available to them and, you know, just love them. Like that's, that's the best that we can do. And, you know, for the students that are out there that feel like they're not deserving or that they don't have a purpose in life, you do, you do have a purpose and, but it has to come from you. It, and you have to want it and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know going to college it, it can be something else um but it's just a matter of you know creating that village for yourself too you have to have that support system and and i know you know we always talk about it like we always tell students like we can be your village like we are your family mm -hmm. and that's something that i that i deeply feel not not only here but just outside of of St. Francis like whenever I talk to a family like I tell them like you know your your kids are in good hands like you know I'm I'll be there if you if you need anything I'll be there just let me know and you know we will always help them figure out like what are their next steps but the first thing is just wanting it and figuring out your why and your purpose and and going from there yeah, but we can help you figure out your why. I think, yes, yeah, so you you can um, the want, and just ask the question. Help? Can you help me? Yeah, that's it. That's nothing where it starts. Nothing bad in asking for help. There's, There's nothing that, bad, that, and that's where that's where it starts. And I know I said, <clears throat> I, sorry, I keep referencing back to last week, but but the part that makes me upset is is the fact that there's still plenty of students that won't get that until they get to us. Yeah. Until they get to this far in life, right? It should be happening in high school. It should be happening in junior high. It should be happening in elementary school. That entire time, that village should be building up. Yeah. Right. And it's sometimes it's 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 hard to hear. And and yeah, I had the same thing. I I didn't have that village. I had to create it when I got here. Yeah. Um. And and that that is difficult. And so students, first gen people, you know, you gotta you you're gonna have to. You're going to have to take a little bit of ownership on that and just want it and ask for help. Yeah. And that's where it starts. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, failure is part of life. Oh, yeah. I've, I've failed so many times. <laughs> right, like that original plan you had. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's part of life. I just call them opportunities. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's failure is part of life and you have to own it. And it's just a different... Yeah. You know, it's just a different path that you never pictured yourself going down and, you know, you have to just own it.
Yeah, but failure is scary. It is. Some have already failed, and they, it, it wasn't nice, mm-hmm. right? And but the thing is that they're still they're still here today. Yeah, that's the part that people need to realize is that, is that they are still here today, and it's going to be hard. This isn't supposed to be easy, right? Um, now, now bringing I have a picture in my in my little room that we're just sitting in. And uh, about uh, undocumented students. So many of our undocumented students are first gen as well. And not the not four like a lot of people think. And not four point yeah. They're all over the different they're types. They're all over the place. They're from all over the state. They're from all over mm-hmm. the country. Um, they have different uh, wants and needs. So take all that mental, all that all that stuff that first gens go through, and then you. And then you think of a first-gen undocumented student, right? Somebody that's, uh, that's not, that really isn't sure about their future, mm-hmm. right? Should, should they be going to college? Should they not be going to college? Should they be doing something? What, what, how, how can we help them? How have you helped them? <laughs> oh, I see. You're supposed to be helping me out. <laughs> Um, but you're the guru in all of this, right? I mean, that's that's a hard. I mean, that's a question that everyone is trying to figure out. You know, like how do you help this, these students that, you know, keep being told like, no, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, or you're not the ideal undocumented student. And if uh, you're not the ideal undocumented student, then you're not gonna get the most out of scholarships. So yeah, what happens? Yeah, like, yeah. we lift. We we do it ourselves. Like. As a as a as a society, we we elevate all these special undocumented students, but what about the rest of them? Right. And that's something that you know we need to talk about. Like, not every student is gonna have a four point um, or be that ma- model minority, you know, or aspire to be that model minority because it's not, it's 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 not possible. Like everyone yeah. has. It's it's so so let's be let's be frank to you undocumented uh, undocumented students undocumented people that are looking to go to college looking to advance or things like that. It's possible to do it. You just got to talk to the right people. You got to ask the right questions. You got to ask a question. That's can you help me, right? And you got to and you got to start the process. There are still so many people out here that are still unknowledgeable about how to help an undocumented an undocumented student. Uh, and all it really takes, like, it's funny, some, sometimes people will send undocumented students over to me, like, uh, like other schools and things like that. Even though they're not coming here. Even though they're not coming here. That yeah. is correct. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's happened to me too. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, why don't you want to come here? <laughs> uh, and, and they'll send them over. The thing I wish is that I wish they would come over to the people sending them. Right. So that they, we can talk about it together so they can learn as well. Yeah. Um, I've talked to, yeah, we have undocumented students that go to school here, but um, but like you said, like we can't help everybody. Yeah. Right? I wish we could. I wish we could. Um, but what I try to do, I, I try to do everything I can to try to at least find them a home. Mm-hmm. Find them a school. Find them a person that they can continue talking with and, and things like that because... If they're not coming to school here, it's not because they don't like us. It's because you know they can't either they can't afford it or it's too far from home. Yeah. Right. Um, because that goes back to uh, like what your family was saying. It's like, wait a minute, you're gonna leave the house. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? What? Uh, that's a first gen thing. You're not getting married? <laughs> <laughs> Having kids? My mom asked me, she's like, well, who's going to feed you? I'm like, I think, <laughs> I think the school feeds me. They said, but that's not good food. <laughs> She was about to hit me with the spatula <laughs> when I told her I was leaving the house. She's like, yeah, take it. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> so, I mean, just just because somebody uh, somebody is undocumented, just because somebody is uh, has older siblings that have gone to college, um, and frankly, just because parents have gone to college, yeah, doesn't mean that they are going to know what to do. And... And there's so many things out there. There's so many resources. There's so many people that want to help first-gen people specifically, mm-hmm. right? Um, just because there are, uh, there's plenty of other students that that know where they want to go to college doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the other half of the student population that doesn't know where they want to go to college or doesn't know what they want to do, it doesn't mean that they can't go to college. And it doesn't mean that they have to go to a college that they're not going to like. They can still love a place yeah i mean i don't know if i was going to love this place where, yeah. I, where i went to college until i got here right um and, and it's taking that chance taking that leap of faith and it's easier to take that leap of faith when you have somebody you trust yeah right so who are your trusting people oh, here well before you started before i started um my family Pretty much, but I was lucky that I had my family, um, and then after that, it was more of figuring out who here was supporting me, and it was you, and it was Ingrid, my Spanish professor, and it was the student body, you know, our Latino Latinx um, club organization, like. You know, I, but that was after, you know, going to two other schools. Like, I, it took me two schools to figure out how to navigate it. Um, and so, for some people, it doesn't. Like, they, they just, they attempt it one time and they're like, well, this is not for me. Like, if the system is not made for me, then I'm not going to be here. Because you I'm have not gonna... a lot of friends that were first gen that, that <clears throat> tried it for that one year and then dropped? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was students sometimes that I didn't even expect that, that that would happen to. Those were, they were like the top 10% of the high school that they were seen as like going into the sciences, high ACT, high GPA, all, you know, enrolled in all these AP classes and they went to, to, to the school and they just didn't make it. Um, and we're just like, what happened? Like, you know, you, you had it made. You, but did they really, you know, when we don't really... Do you think they lacked the trust in people? Do you think they lacked? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I even remember, like, one time, you know, one of my friends, he he was at the state school with me, and we're like, I'm like, where is he? Like, where, is he going to class? Is he, what is he doing? And I guess this is like my early stages of my professional career (laughs) in advising and counseling. And so I went, I went into his dorm room and I'm like, dude, wake up. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you sleeping through your alarm? Why haven't you got to class? Like, you need to get up. You need to show up, go. So he ended up going. I, I think, I think he went, um, but it was too late because 
that was, you know, around finals time. And I mean, he wasn't showing up to class, so he wasn't doing the work. So, I mean, it just, it, again, it goes back to, you know, you, you think that this is how it should be done, but we just have to be open to different possibilities because nothing, nothing goes as planned. Nothing. So do you think you have to be patient? Yeah. Be patient with yourself and with your path. The thing about patience, uh, today, this morning, actually, I, uh, I talked to a student, uh, she's accepted and she's a 3.94 GPA. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's from the local high school here and she's trying to figure out how to go to college and she's, she really wants to go. She's a first gen. She's, she is a, she's a family of four. Her parents make, have an AGI and adjusted mm -hmm. gross income of $12,000. Yeah. Right. And, and trying to figure out how she's going to be able to go to college and things like that. I asked her the question, like how hard it's been and things like that. And she's like, she was, she's almost ready to give up. Yeah. Give up the search. I'm like, actually, to be honest, I'm actually surprised she made it this far. It's April. It's the end of April. And, you know, for her trying to figure out where she should go to college and things like that for an affordable price um, type of thing, she didn't know how she was going to be able to do it. The cool thing is, is that um, I told her about patience. It's very great that she has it. Uh, and her, she was telling me her friends did not go, decided not to go to college and, and all that. And then uh, I said, well, it's April. This is how long it takes. Today, I was able to offer a full tuition scholarship. Wow. So she's uh, she's getting one of our uh, grants that we were able to fundraise for and and all that, and she was able to she's going to be able to come to St. Francis for free, and she only lives a, a couple miles away, so she can live at home and and she's going to be able to do it. Um, but just imagine all those people that didn't get that chance to to consider that part, yeah, that didn't make <clears throat> it this far. Well, even to just meet them there. Like, if it wasn't you, then who else is going to do it? No one. If we didn't have you as a director, as someone that has, you know, is first generation, that's Mexican, um, that wouldn't have happened. How many times do you see that happening somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. To have that power and to be, to meet them at, at that place of, like, where they could have been lost so it's um so it was nice it was nice to be able to help out uh that student she was very grateful um her dad tell me out on my paycheck <laughs> <laughs> right right oh, okay. um I, every, <laughs> bi-monthly bi okay, okay. <laughs> contribution <laughs> we're yeah. that franciscan yes right, right. the uh um it's fun. I'm not, it's not actually happening, but uh, her dad's a painter and I asked her, I was like, so if I give you a discount, <laughs> can he give me a discount? Mándamelo a mí, I need my living room paint, painted. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, all in all, being a first-gen student is probably, in my eyes, one of the hardest type of students outside of being undocumented in first-gen. Yeah. Well, it's one of the hardest things because, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, they they are expected to perform at this level where they're going to be able to, they are expected to, to figure out their lives mm -hmm. as, 
at the same time that they have to, uh, that they still get, um, uh, what are those detentions, right? <laughs> they still get in trouble for those things, right? If I mess up in my time of, in my time of life, I'm a little older than you. Um, if I get in trouble, then it's just like, oh, like you said, it's a failure. We just move on, which, oh, right. sorry, you know, th those kind of things. They mess up. They have to go to detention. They have to stay after school. They have to do community service. They have to do uh, these kind of things. So you give, you give, and then you take and take and take and take. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, me as a first gen, I was just living life. I was, I was, I was like, okay, I'm just cruising forward, trying to figure this out and all this stuff. And then when you think back about your life, you're like, dang, like that was a lot of. There was a lot of mental instability. There was a lot of miscommunication with yeah. my parents. There was a lot of that. So trying to think back as to what 16, 17, 18-year-olds are going through right now, that's tough. Yeah. So what we want you to know out there is that, uh, you know, if you don't know who to trust, you can trust us. You can trust you can trust people that work at colleges. You can trust people. You should be able to trust your high school counselor. You should be able to trust your parents. You should be able to trust your siblings. You should be able to trust uh, trust anybody that is willing to answer the question, can you help me? Mm -hmm. And if you can't find your high school counselor, like I couldn't, because I had to stalk him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I had to follow him. Like I had to figure out his work schedule. Because I came from a high school that had too many students, but we don't encourage stalking. Them. No, <laughs> no, do not stalk people. Um, but if you need something, I definitely echo. Like we're here for you. We're here for you. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you for listening. Uh, this is our uh, our episode on first gen. We are here for you. We hear you. We know how you're feeling. We went through it and we're going to be able to help you advance. We're going to, and if we can't help you, the one thing I know, I know for sure, we're going to be able to find you, find you somebody that can. Okay. If you can find those people, those people that will, that aren't willing to let you go and just say, good luck. We don't say good luck. We say, come along, right? Find those people, ask for help. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.